Stand by for a start. Behind the gates. They're locked away now. Out of the last couple. With Sky's stable stars. The excitement really starting to build. On Sky Sports Radio. Welcome back for another week. Behind the gates. Good to have your company. Sky Sports Radio. Let's welcome in the panel straight away. Darren Flindell, good morning to you. Good morning, Luke. Yeah, great day uh, of racing coming up. We've got very big fields, uh, the, the order of the day. A lot cooler today at Rose Hill. Um, higher 19 degrees is expected, and we've got a bit of a southerly wind as well to keep us on our toes. What did you make of Davidson uh, sending the video to the group chat this week, jogging in the rain to prepare for a big Saturday? I mean, he's not sweet, is he, Darren? Well, for those that might be overseas enjoying themselves, they'd see a little video clip like that and think, oh, no, are we going to be betting on a heavy heavy (laughs) 10 or something today? No, it's a good four. We're good to go. Morning, Brad Davidson. You out for a little jog last night in the rain, hey? Yeah, morning Luke, morning Darren, morning everyone. Yes, a uh, little, well, it was actually a walk uh, with my lovely wife, but uh, I just decided to start jogging to make it look a bit more active, you know, make my look like I'm preparing for the big day a bit more, but... Uh, <laughs> so I you're a myth, you, you're a myth Yeah, then. <laughs> I'm a myth, but we copped it last night. I tell you, we went for a walk and we just copped rain non-stop oh. for about half an hour. I thought, gee, if Rose Hill's copping this, it'll be a, a, at least a seven in the morning, but uh, obviously missed and uh, now we're on a good four, which is fantastic. Boys, everything's sweet, uh, good four, sun's out. How good, Davo? It's going to be a good day. Uh, track-wise, what are we expecting? Yeah, sun's out, gun's out, as we see with our man Andrew Hurley overseas somewhere. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, uh, look, expecting a fair track today, Luke. Um, yeah, look, should be just a little bit of give out of the track with a bit of rain during the week. So it should be just about a perfect surface. He's away, isn't he? Andrew Hurley, but he's here in spirit. <clears throat> what about the videos filtering through, Darren? Last night he uh, he sent a two-minute monologue just uh, letting us know where he was, what he was doing. He was having a beverage. He was shirtless. Mm. So don't worry about the, the buttons being undone. The shirt's completely off over there. He's, he's, he's back, Hurls. He's back. The Vanuatians are going crazy over hurls, <laughs> the bare-chested hurls, oh. and every time the top came off another local bottle, the stories got longer and longer. <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, a very worthy replacement in Ben Way. He's been on the air already for the previews this morning, and Ben, as I say, good morning to you. Rick from Belmont earlier on the program. Hi, guys. Ben's done well. Bit slow out of the blocks in the first... Worked his way through the field, stormed home. Watch out, Hurls. Gear change next time. Maybe put a skivvy on him. That's a little jibe at Brad Gray, who was spotted wearing a tab skivvy this week. Uh, ben, as you join behind the gates for the first time, welcome. Thank you very much. Great to be part of it. Been a fan for a long time and good to be on the show. I should just clarify, with that Brad Gray promotion, I actually ended up in a green skivvy myself no. as part of the same thing. So, uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm hesitant to throw too many barbs his direction. You know the Wiggles wear them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't been allowed in the playground since. But, um, <laughs> but either way, uh, I'm sure it'll look good. I've got full faith in the team, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, finally seeing daylight. Watch out for that on your screens, folks, on Sky Racing soon. Ben Way, Brad Gray in the skivvies. Uh, God knows where this could go, that promo, boys. Uh, as we kick off with another text here, Darren, you would have remembered... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we got a text from uh, Sven from Greenpoint, his wife. Um, I think the text went something along the lines of, 
Hey guys, uh, my husband's always sitting there texting into the show, writing down every tip. Could you please ask him to mow the lawns? He hasn't mowed the lawns recently. Well, he's reported, he's self-reported. Luke, good morning. Don't worry, I mowed the lawns on Thursday, so I shouldn't get any grief from my wife this morning. Looking forward to the program from Sven. Uh, at Greenpoint, Darren. He's done the chores, Darren. <laughs> oh, I, I admire getting in early like that. Sven, with all the rain that's fallen since, that grass would have shot up again by this morning. <laughs> As Davo would have found out yesterday with the rain, Davo. Sven's back. He's done the chores, Davo. Sven, you need to come around and do mine. You're Greenpoint. Just, uh, you might have beached down the road before uh, before we get to uh, hang there, mate. Come down and just uh, mow the lawn out the front. That'll be great. And uh, goodbye. <laughs> Mine's shocking. I don't know how to get it right, guys. See it, income. A problem I've got as well is I've got a cat that just wants to dig holes in the in the lawn all the oh. time, and I just uh, I can't get it right. Any regular listeners to this program would know my thoughts on cats. Um, gee, they're an awful animal. Uh, <laughs> dead said. I've got Tiger at home, Ben. Um, have you got a, a cat or a dog or any pets at your household? There aren't any cats within two kilometres of my dog Harry. Once you get it. <laughs> Once you get a glimpse of him, you'll realise why. He's, um, he's very friendly to people, but he's not so fond of animals. I dog, I dog sat uh, at Ben's dog, Harry, about three years ago, and gee, I, my arms are still getting over it. He pulled me around every street in, in Bondi, he did. He's uh, a lovely dog, but full of energy, old Harold. Old Harold, he's, he's like King's Gambit over racing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's just jack. like it. He's hard to keep in check, unfortunately, on a walk. But um, I'll let you know, that was three years ago and he was a puppy then and he has not improved one iota. So let's hope King's Gambit improves a little bit more today. Darren, you're about to chime in. Uh, I was just saying, old Jack here, he's a rising 12-year-old. He sat next to me and when you brought up the topic of cats, he just shook his head. No, no, no. (laughs) Outstanding, Darren. Boys, let's get straight to race six, the Tap Craig, because... It's polarised debate in our behind-the-gates group chat this week. Well, not polarised. I mean, uh, Davo, you're keen, aren't you, uh, on NCAP? And, and Darren and I were just making the alternative case, not bagging him. We're both tipping him on top, but it was, it's more a price thing from our angle. And we're, we're just wondering, sixth run into the prep, is everything sweet? But I spoke to Gary Portelli this morning, and he's reassured me I'm starting to swing your way, Davo. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And uh, you always hear it, the knock getting later into the prep, but at the end of the day, they're horses. It's not like somebody's saying to the horse, mate, you've had a few tough runs this prep, you know, you might be feeling it, just take a, you know, take it easy here. That, look, who's to say the horse won't go even better or, you know, just reproduce that same performance? You know, we see horses 10th, 11th, 12th up into preparation. Sometimes produce the, the best performances of their preparation. So I try not to, to sort of delve too much into that theory. I'm more... Uh, if you start to see signs that they're tapering off, then then I'm, I'm a bit harsher on them. But, um, look, he's back at the same track and distance. He's been beating a pimple in a, in a golden rose. And, look, I know Cylinder was wide no cover and probably should have won the race and Militarised was was a better run, you know, savaging the line. But what price goes to in this race? $1.30, $1.20? Like, you know, he's just, he's just got... I mean, the second pick in the race at the moment is Macarena and... It's coming off a Canterbury Maiden. How it's six dollars has got me absolutely gobsmacked. Um, I gave it four length improvement and, and got it to sort of ten to one. So I, I struggled. So I know it's got an Adal form and, and whatnot, and um, you can you can you know you can tie all that in. But 
gee, it's on a home track, sure, it's got a few things in its favour, but $6 off a Canterbury Maiden where the horse at feet would be 150 here, and you've got a horse that uh, should have won a Golden Rose, or, you know, got gone close to winning a Golden Rose, um, he's just got to be the, the play, and I was sitting there thinking, well, what price, what price, and I took $2, which I think is about $1.87 after, after a $0.07 cent deduction with the striker, but... Um, nice to see some support this morning. I don't know which way the market will go with him late because, as you said, Luke, you know, there's a few that, that can pot him and say, deeper prep, you got the, you got the PR in the Golden Rose, which he did, he got the perfect run. But, yeah. um, it's just different form here. I mean, you know, when you got the second pick coming off a of cannery maiden, sure, all upside, but it's a world apart. So for me, um, he's the best of the day and I'll, I'll go to the line with him. Righto. Um, <laughs> this is the other side of the story with NCAP. Yes. On, on the ratings, uh, on the weights, he, he looks an absolute certainty. He's got, uh, he's got so much on his rivals. But that Golden Rose run, he tried his heart out. He tried so hard. And I always worry about a horse that's deep into a preparation, that's given his all, and then they've got to go to the well one more time. When I saw that this was a late entry for the race, I thought, hmm, uh, Gary Portelli's probably looked at the noms and thought, oh, we're probably a moral against these. Why not uh, roll the dice one more time? Being the John Tapping Craig race, I, I half suspect, I don't know this for a fact, but I reckon Gary Portelli would love to win, win the John Tapping Craig race. And I half think that might have been a little influence thinking, well, let's, let's go. We, we, we probably should be able to win this. But I'm really worried about the gut buster there of the Golden Rose. And then I was thinking, OK, what are the other options? Duke Cass is obviously a great chance. If NCAP goes... Uh, if, if he has had enough and he's found wanting at the end, Ducasse is a great chance. Uh, the, the value's certainly gone around about Macarena now, and I decided I was going to tip her. She was $12 on, on Thursday. But I'm, I'm not really worried about the ratings out of the Canterbury race. It was the style in which she won. She, she jumped quite well, but there was a mad rush underneath her, and she was, and Zach Lloyd started to, to let her drift back because he realised he wasn't getting in. He didn't want to push on. So she was drifting right back. And then all of a sudden, he couldn't get in. And he thought, oh, I'm going to be caught three wide here, so I better press on. So he got going again, went around the field, sat outside the leader and was too strong. I just don't see them win at Canterbury like that very often. And I think with such a lightweight here, she's sort of on the way up. And if NCAP's vulnerable today... She's my pick, uh, although the cream odds is well and truly gone now. We, I was down at Canberra yesterday, the guest of the club there for Tony Campbell Memorial Day, and Anthony Manton and I, we got up and did a bit of a, a Q&A uh, with Kirsten. I was put on the spot, what's the best bet? And I just nominated this. I, I noticed a couple of heavy hitters went straight for their phone and they were charging in, so I hope I'm not a part of this price move. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might be responsible, Ben Way. Um, can, can you make any links uh, via the book to Darren Flindell? Uh, who's backing this Macarena? Yeah, so that function was at 3.20 yesterday. 3.22, I can see some significant bets. No, I... <laughs> uh, might be overstating his ability to shift the market there, Daz. But, uh, so NCAP's the best backed, and I don't think that would surprise anyone. I mean, there's nine times more than the next best backed, which is Macarena. There's nothing really at longer odds that's it's been specced. In fact, the push for Macarena, say $13 post deductions into $6, I couldn't really justify that off what we're seeing with tab fixed odds. If you if you wanted my opinion, which nobody asked for, but no, we do. It, I think Ducast sticks out to $9, even though it's near friendless in the market. There's just 
there wasn't as much separating them the last time they bumped into each other. I know the margin was 3.3, but one was drawn 16 and had to go back to essentially last, second last in running and close the gap. And the other one looked to have every chance. If there was one that could turn the tables, that'd be it. Well, it's a great price now, isn't it? Ducast, $9. I'll definitely be having some of that as well. Yeah, he's on the slide. There you go, listeners. There's both sides of the argument. Make up your own mind on the Tap Craig. Looking forward to that a little bit later in the program. Hill Stakes is race 7, 1900. I like who you Mal here, Darren. I just think Montefilia, she's been going well, but it's been a while since since she's won, and I think this is a horse on the rise, the import. So do I. Uh, for a $2 million race, this is a, a big disappointment, really, with the quality of the field. And uh, it took me forever to, to make a, a decision. And then I just kept coming back to who you Mal. I know he'll, he's crying out for this longer trip. He's had those two runs in. He had that chequered path too last time in the seven stakes. So he never really had a chance to build up momentum. So he's the one I'm really focused on, who you Mal. And uh, protagonist with blinkers on, that, uh, that might do the trick. We thought he, he was probably going to win the rolling mile there at Hawksbury and just fell short against uh, Bold Mac. He was my danger in the race. Who you Mal from protagonist. Dave, what are you saying here? Yeah, I'm saying that the, the they're priced too aggressively, aren't they? Like, I, I just think sometimes these imports they're priced on what they may do rather than what they've been doing. And who you mail is a great example. I mean, four dollars eighty, and you've had two runs out the back where you haven't really got into the races at all. You've, you've yeah, you've hit the line, you've trialed the house down prior, and everyone's saying, well, two thousand meters, great. Yeah, but you've got to take four dollars eighty, like he's actually in the finish of these last couple of races. I just even even Montefilia, you know, she's there, she gets nasty. Well, hang on, I've got, st- got to stop you there. He was beaten a length what? and a half first up. Yeah, yeah, but he's never never a winning hope. And then same as last start, I mean, he's beaten three lengths and just out the back poking around, running on okay. But they're not like runs of, of take $4.80 at Wake for Age, are they, next time? Like, mm. I can see he's got a great chance, but, gee, I'm, I thought you'd be getting 6 $7 because he's, he, hasn't, he hasn't absolutely gone, I'm blind, you know? I just, yeah... I think Zarek and Protagonist, for example, I think they're just going just as well, aren't they? Like, and here they are at seven and nine dollars. Protagonist, you look at Montefilia and Protagonist last time out. Well, you look at you look at uh, Zarek. Zarek's beaten who you mal home by a length last time out. There's a great example. He's beaten him a length, and and here he is at, at nine dollars versus four dollars eighty. Who you mal? It, it just it, it's just being priced on what he may do to two thousand. Well, Zarek's going to love two thousand Rose Hill as well. So or nineteen hundred. Sorry. So. I think they're just priced too aggressively. If you look at the runs of Protagonist and Montefilia last time out, Protagonist was a much better run. Uh, he's had to go right back from the gate um, and at that at that uh, tough start and then rattle home, take off a long way from home. I thought he was terrific. Now he gets gate one, shades on. He's not great off at weight for age, but he's the way I'll go at sevens. I think Zarek's a great chance and I think Montefilia and Huyamal are priced way too aggressively. What are you saying here, Ben? Well, in terms of the money, uh, punters, essentially it just goes in market order. Montefilia is the best bank, but I wouldn't say there's a, a wave of money going that way. Then it's Sugamal, then Protagonist. The fourth best bank is Young Verta, and you will you will see, if you have a look at the fluctuations, it is the one. So $26 the open, 16 into $13 today. It's not a, a big amount of money with us, but I guess it's significant enough. And with that firm, that would be the, the push at an each-way price. I made the point earlier, and I just wanted to pick the brain of the guys. So mares don't have a great record in this race. Over the past 20 years, only two of them have won. 
and they're very elegant Miss Marielle, so you need to be pretty handy to do it. That would suggest that history is against your likes of Monophilia, Hinge, Fireburn, um, whatever. But do you reckon this race is weirdly devoid of a gun gelding like we had Cascadian last year, think it over in 2021, um, we had Hartnell in 2016. Everywhere you look, there was sort of a high-caliber gelding in the race. Great question. See, we'd never get this sort of stuff from Hurls, would we, Davo? <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't. Hurls would be too busy telling us a 10-minute story that should have been told in 10 seconds. <laughs> you got a take on that, though? Ben's made a, an interesting point. Well, I think the guys have hit the nail on the head, both Ben and Darren. It's just lacking a little bit, isn't it, for the, the prize money, unfortunately, and... Um, it's up for grabs, and, and that's probably why the, the, the you know the bookies have, have gravitated towards your likes of who you Mel and Montefilia. They're kind of left there, as mm. you know they're going okay, but they're they're definitely not going great guns. So I think um, yeah, it's a race where you could look a bit wider, your Zarex, your your protagonist, even wider than that, and 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 try to try to come up with something that can be in the finish. Even Hinge guys, like we know she's a really good mare coming off cardiac arrhythmia. Um, she's got the form here. I know Gary Portelli's keen enough on Fiverr and Hosier probably need to work track but you Marion first up he's, if he can get forward into the race and not hopeless and your Luntis you no compromises I just don't think there's there's that much between those 40 to 1 pops and Montefilia at $3.80 Speaking of cardiac arrhythmias Fenn wanted to know Davo on the back of the run last night have you pulled up okay no cardiac arrhythmia can you confirm well well it was the walk so I, I barely got the the, the, yeah, the heart rate up. It was uh, it was totally fine. Just a, a brisk walk, um, readiness for today. So probably the perfect preparation, I'd say. Wonderful. Uh, good text here in regards to an omen tip. Hey, guys, with Bathurst this weekend, Brisbane race three, number four, surely omen bet of the year out of a mare called Mountain Legacy. I went digging for the form guide. It's called Brocky, guys. Uh, oh, yes. No doubt named yes. after Peter Brock. Uh, he was the king of the mountain, Darren. Mm, yes, that is uh, definitely the omen bet there. So that uh, good text from that listener. Thanks for that one. Uh, Rose Hill Race 9, a question about Audet here, guys, outside of the market. Davo, um, does Audet fit in anywhere? Not hopeless. She's been a, an underrated mare um, for some time and uh, was okay there fresh. You can improve off that from the good gate. I wouldn't be saying no at Matthew Odds. Uh, probably another race, guys, where... I'm kind of thinking your magic times and your paracels probably aren't as, as dominant over the, the others as, as the market kids credit for. I think, you know, she's all classed, got a great first up record. I think, uh, Russian Conquest is, is definitely a horse that can, that can run well fresh here with, with, um, 54 kilos, dry track, nice trial. I can see her hitting the line powerfully at 19 to 1. And look, I think Magic Time's the one to beat. I must admit, I, I was sort of having a debate with uh, Mike Wood and a few others about this horse and thinking, is she, I, I sort of first thought, is she a wet tracker? And But maybe I'm being a bit harsh on her, so I've turned back her sort of way um, rather than, than potting her here, just simply with the wide run fresh. We're seeing what a score has done out of that race. And um, she needs a bit of luck on the, on the map, but Graham Begg, uh, I think he's quite bullish about this horse's future and got to do it on dry ground at Rose Hill, but um, I think she's on top. I think she's short enough, though, and like I said, I think there's different ways, different angles you can go in this race. I think she's all class at 14s, and Russian Conquest and 19s are definitely horses that uh, you could entertain if you're looking for roughies. Uh, in regards to Audette, her last one was in a benchmark 78 at Warwick Farm, so I simply think this is too rich for her on a dry track. She's really excelled on the wet tracks, Audette, so I didn't 
didn't focus on her. I think Magic Time's better than these. Uh, her win in the PJ Bell back at the championships was awesome. Looked brilliant that day and then had a really tough run when she was beaten, uh, backing up a fortnight later. I think she's better than these Magic Time. I've got her clearly on top of Paracel. I have to say I like the way that Revolutionary mistrialed at Rose Hill recently. Really good work by her. She's definitely going in the exotics. And Russian Conquest is one that's always been on my radar. Now that the track has dried right out, I thought her trial at Rose Hill on the 19th was really good as well. So, um, yeah, Magic Time stands out. And then I'll be looking at numbers 2, 3 and 13 behind her in the trifecta. Don't worry about the trifecta, Darren. Just just load up. Just load up. You, you've got the clarity and I think you're spot on. I think what I'll do is, not the duet, of course, because they're barred with me, barred for life. No duet. <laughs> oh, yes. Magic time to run top two, and then likes Revolutionary Miss and Russian Conquest to run top four. Yeah, they did trial all those two horses. Ben, any money for, for those two, Revolutionary Miss or Russian Conquest? We know this favourite, now favourite, Magic Time's been well-backed. Hardly in Zach. To be honest, I was surprised as well off the back of that work from Revolutionary Miss that there wasn't a little bit more support there, but there's 30 times more money on Magic Time than there is on Revolutionary Miss and 60 times more than we're seeing for Russian Conquest. Uh, in terms of Audet, which was the, the message that came in, uh, it's the least-backed runner in the race, and clearly so. So if they've had a bet, they may be one of the only ones. But I will say Kylie Gavinlock continually slips under the guard of many, I know not everybody sort of believes in facts and figures, but I had a look back at 2023. So average win price, $19.47. So Kylie's going to have a winner. It'll be at a price. And if you're level staked on every one of her 57 runners, you'd be up 139%. So there you go. I wouldn't begrudge you anything if you wanted to have a back of that runner, but best back by a mile in this is magic time. Great stuff, mate. Uh, Good insight there. Now, guys, I'm not making this up, okay? This is an actual text. Not making this up. I'm not doing this to, you know, promote our show. This is just what's been sent in. Uh, no name on it though. That says, "Morning, lads. Great to hear Ben on the airwaves today. Agree with that. Good luck with the multi this week after last week's victory. I'd like to point out that the Friday Racing HQ won, lost last week. So good to see Marlowe's team come out on top. KOB best of the day. Well, wow. bit of controversy here, Darren." Sinking the boot into the punters panel mob. Wow. Well, I wonder who it could be. <laughs> Hopefully one of my mates. But uh, um, there we go. Kobe. Kobe, yeah. best bet of the day. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it was going to be my pick for the multi, but that got snavelled up pretty quickly. It was It's funny when I was doing the form in the, on this last race, I'm going through it because we had Dalalard in and Nathan's decided to, uh, to run in Brisbane instead today. When I was doing the form, I thought, oh, I hope you've made the right move, Nathan, because this is a very winnable race. The last have got Kobe on top and then I didn't know what to do with the rest of them. Mm, yeah, so D- Big D staying at home today? No, Big D's going around oh, Race 9 Eagle Farm. Oh, you've snuck him over the border. You're too mm, good. Yes, dual acceptor. What's the mail? What's the mail? Oh, he wins. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> He'll, um, he's, he's unknown at 1,400 metres, but he's got a nice draw of barrier two. There's a bit of speed. If he can get a suck run third on the fence, be exposed late, I think he's a great chance uh, at the $8. Don't be backtracking now. You've just declared this thing, uh, and now you're trying to, oh, if he gets the run and this. He can't, oh, he can't backtrack here, Ben. He's just declared Big D I, for I all the I, I forgot that I was on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Now, it's refreshing, to be honest. And I love you know, it. You know what? Never take a tip from an owner. That seems to be the, uh, the theory to live by. But I certainly hope that it runs well, and I'm sure that it will. Uh, Kyobe's really well backed. It'll probably anchor the vast majority of multis, being the last race as well. $2.80. Bottomed out at $2.50, now back to that $2.80 quote. And there's five times more than the next best back. Uh, we haven't got Brad's thoughts on it just yet. There was one at a longer price that I didn't mind, which is Lafargue, the French revolutionary horse. So 11 out of $14 near Friendless. But I just thought from a soft draw, they might get a nice card into it. And I don't know, he's a bit of a winner, this horse. Second up, I just felt it was one that might be able to blouse the favourite, Kobe, who does look tough to beat. Mm. Brad, I think you're, you're pretty hot on Kobe, are you not? Well, I think he's hard to beat. Um, I must admit, I was a bit more confident before I went and read the story online that uh, Racing New South Wales would disable. And the reason I say that is, I just read down the bottom that they're, they're not keen to put this, race in, this horse in the race early. They, they want to sort of be three pairs back. And I almost just, oh, I just went, oh, gee, my confidence just... Can I uh, jump in and tell you why? Because I interviewed Sam this morning. Yeah, they want to get him up in trip, don't they? No, no. He said, <clears throat> excuse me, he said that when he's further back, he, he's much better chasing. If he gets to the front, he thinks he can switch off if he gets to the front too early. So he likes him just that length further back. So he's got a bunny and he's, he can see the target to run down. So that's that's why. There is there yeah. is a thought process behind it. Look, look I appreciate that. But um, I think intent in races is, is the... The, the best thing in racing, yet it's the it's the least used. And here you are, you've got a gate, you've got a horse that's that's jumped so well fresh and and put himself there. And he would have been sort of fourth if he if he drew a gate that day. He had to go back and was an outstanding run. Here he is, just jump out, lob fourth, and just win. And if they get back another pair, all of a sudden you get traffic jams and you and you're too far back, and the race is gone. I just think sometimes we overthink it and. For me, you've got to you've got to make use of these gates when you get them, and that's what's my little query now. Is you get to a length further back, I don't think he has the sharpest turn of foot either. Like he's got this bit of a he's more sort of you know building rather than that. That's why I love him closer too. So that's my concern now is is just the the, the, the lack of intent and the fact that he's going to be further back than I map him. I just thought perfect third fourth, third fourth, and from there he's just he just wins. So. Um, that's my little niggle, and I appreciate the stable, but um, I, you know, that's that's my view on it. And uh, yeah, look, I, I think if he, even from six, I still think he's the one to beat. But like I said, I just um, it's just dulled my confidence a little bit. But um, look, he was terrific first up. He, he gets back in grade here in what doesn't look a strong seventy-eight. Um, he gets a lovely claim, and second up, uh, thirteen hundred meters, he, he should be hard to beat. Um, Gringotts, I thought was was fair the other day. Bungart's got improvement, but out of midway form. And outside of that, I didn't find much else I was too worried about. So, yep, I think he, I think he gets the job done, but I think there's a few nervous moments if he, if he gets caught behind a few there. Okay, there's Davo's opinion on uh, the last. That's Kobe. Um, uh, that text, by the way, was from Ryan too. Um, we don't mind that, do we, Darren? A little bit of ribbing against the competition. As our listeners know, I appear on the punters panel Occasionally, but I didn't this week, so it's game on. No, you are sometimes a double agent. Oh, yes, behind enemy lines, just gaining intel, <laughs> gathering intel. <laughs> yeah, that's what they all say. Exactly. Uh, good text here from Graham in Currajong. He says, Marlow, is King's Gambit the most spoken about horse in the country today? Every man and his dog 
has an opinion on this cult. Graham, I think you're spot on. Uh, I've had a number of other texts about him this morning. Here's one from Tom in Mudgee. Luke, I'm pushing all chips in today on King's Gambit. I'm getting juicy odds with the tab to find out that he is maybe the best three-year-old in the country. The slipper run was amazing when sitting wide and going to water in the yard beforehand. He beat home militarised, don't forget. So that's on King's Gambit, and we go to that race next, guys. We're talking about race number five, which is the Tab Roman Consul Stakes, and I'll give Ben Way the floor firstly here before we discuss King's Gambit and unpack this quality race. How much cash is there for him, Ben? Because I saw he was one of the first back. Tab went up $6, and that price was quickly taken earlier in the week. It certainly was. Can I just say, smart text in from Graham, because it's a bit of a, bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, that text. You say, hey, this horse is the most talked about horse, and then three of four of us discuss it. So either way, uh, it's going <laughs> to work point. out. But King's Gambit, there's three and a half times more money on those osmosis than there is King's Gambit. The second best back runner in the race is actually Barber. Third best back is Celestial Legend. And then you have King's Gambit. My thoughts on King's Gambit, Awkward Alley, uh, I had a listen to Tommy Berry a couple of days ago. He was out on track and discussing the ride. He said uh, there's an opportunity there given the draw uh, and given the work that we've done that we do want to take a sit and maybe we see the best of him, maybe we see the worst of him. But one thing I don't think I could agree with on what we've seen thus far, I don't think you could argue he's the best of that crop on what's been exposed. Uh, I have a feeling that, you know, Shinzo and Cylinder and Militarise and Co certainly deserve that mantle. Hopefully he puts his hand up and that changes today. But I did like the little bit of work with King of Sparta on Monday. Oh, he's, Darren, he's, he's the best trialer in the world, King's Gambit. It just, it sucks you in every time, doesn't it? Gee, you can, if he could just execute, mm. if he can just execute race day, um, he's think, got the ability. I can't help but think they'd hate to do it. Yes. Um, but I can't Smith. help. Oh, I think he's a big candidate for the ultimate. That's the biggest problem, I think, going against him, the fact that he's still a cult. <clears throat> it just seems every time he goes out, there's some type of incident in, involving him, whether he's, he's missing the start or he's firing up badly. He led down the straight in Melbourne and then things went pear-shaped there as well. I, I just find he, there's too much drama with this horse, King's Gambit. At the price that he's at, I can understand a lot of people will take that uh, because if he runs up to his true ability, he could easily beat these. But I, I'm sticking with those that have done nothing wrong, really. Osmosis is a very exciting cult. He just goes up, eyeballs the leader, goes past them and wins. He's a winner, three out of three. But I think Celestial Legend was clearly the... The, the horse to follow out of the, the Heritage Stakes was doing his best work at the finish. And this extra 100 metres today is really going to suit him as well. So I'm going to stick with those that haven't let me down at all. Osmosis and Celestial Legend got them as the top two, then Barber, then King's Gambit. Russell from Penrith's backing up on Barber today. Uh, Davo, that text just through. Um, your take on this exciting affair? Yeah, it's a great race, isn't it? Probably race of the day for me and excited to to see how it all it all plays out here. Um, look, firstly on King's Gambit, um, what do you do? You know, you you can't really pot him because he, he trials like a group one horse, he races like a group three horse. Um, I know he ran so well on a golden slipper, but you take his form either side of that and he has been disappointing. There's no doubt about it. He's been beaten at a dollar twenty eight, he's been beaten at two fifty, two ninety and, you know, even even first up at Flemington, he travelled like the winner and then they go to let down and there's nothing there. Um, 
yeah, he's obviously got all the talent in the world. I don't think they ever geld him, do they? Because I think he'll make a stallion regardless with his breeding um, because he's run third in a slipper. So I'm sure he'll they'll, they'll breed from him. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I I struggle to, to sort of bet in the race because of him, to be honest, because I'm, I'm sitting there going, do I want to take the short odds osmosis when I've got a horse of King's Gambit ability? Um, probably not, but I can't back him either, King's Gambit, because of those reasons. So... Look, I'm I'm with Osmosis. I think I think um, the uh, the 1200 is going to suit him, and a lot of people are saying the 1200 will suit Celestial Legend, which it will. But he's out of a, four, um, a mare that won at 1400. He's by Zusa. He's bred to be 12 1400 meter horse. This Osmosis, and the the, per, the report out of the yard first up was that he wasn't ready, and he still won. Um, and you, you take that line as well that Bjorn Baker's horses have been getting beaten at short odds first up, and then really improving second and third up. So He's been able to, to win there fresh. I think he's got improvement to come, um, and I think he'll get the job done again today. I, I think um, King's Gambit, Celestial Legend, the, the two. I, look, my, my view on Barber is I've, I've said I, I think he's overrated um, all the way through. I think he's been overrated, and I thought he was okay fresh, but um, I, I can't get involved there. Three um, on top for me, and King's Gambit and Celestial Legend, the two dangers. The one thing, Luke, uh, I guess in regards to Celestial Legend, because I absolutely love that horse, and mm. I reckon he could turn out to be the best horse in this race, but 1,200 metres, mm. the thing that steered me towards King's Gambit was from the map side of things, and you could stare at this map for eight days and wonder what they're going to do with this horse. I think I know. If King's Gambit goes back the whole way... Yep. Then they have a beautiful trail in and there looks to be enough speed. If they just settle, say, two-thirds back, they can probably dictate Celestial Legend, keep it locked in or go whenever they want to go as opposed to being dictated to. If they go forward, I think that's probably trouble. But um, I just felt as though one of the main dangers, they could really dictate Celestial Legend. Either that or have its back and be walked into the race. I think it's a great point. Ben, oh, my gut feeling is they'll ease on King's Gambit. I, I'm nearly certain he'll go back, mm. is my opinion. Guys, I think what you're saying here is there's question marks on King's Gambit, how he behaves. There's question marks on Celestial Legend. Is it too short? Davo says Barber's overrated. Royal Tribute had every chance and got beaten behind Osmosis last start. Balkans is the unknown, but all being equal, he wins Osmosis. He was first up the other day and he raced without cover. Um, so he just looks hard to beat. Simple as that. Whether you want to take 250 or not against these other good horses uh, is a personal question, but yeah, I think you'll get the job done, guys. Um, and based on all of your comments, poking holes in the in the others to a degree, I think uh, it just makes the case stronger for him. And he is unbeaten after all. Let's not forget that. At 10.45, it's time for our multi this week. Last week, we got up. Uh, Darren was successful with straight charge in race three, round second. Tom Kitten ran third in race five. Hawaii 5-0 for Hurls ran second. And, um, look, don't want to brag, but my leg won last week. Uh, Airman, up you go, big boy, in the last. Wasn't that just beautiful, Darren? Lovely end to the day. It was a lovely end, yes. They went hard, <laughs> charging down the middle of the track, heavily backed. Yes, that was a, a good end to the day. Mate, what's your leg this week? Macarena. Uh, I can't see Macarena missing the top four today. So, uh, yep, she's my pick. It was going to be Kobe, but uh, I missed the boat there. So, Macarena. Brad Davidson. Yeah, I, I 
got in there early with Kobe. I thought, oh, I was sick of getting potted. Well, I, I forgot that Hills uh, wasn't away, so um, <laughs> I was sick of getting potted for taking the shorty. So Kobe, it is at sort of threes. That'll that'll do me. Should run top four and, and be hard to beat in the last. Ben Way, you debut with the multi. I think the the first timer is going to bring us good luck here for sure. Well, I've gone with the most discussed horse in Australia by the sounds yes. of it. Gambit, I know it's an awkward alley. I know they're going to be riding quiet, but I just fail to see that he won't be fighting out the finish because I feel like the top-end ability is there. And as I said, if you can dictate to one of the main dangers, that horse goes in. So I think that leaves you. And is it fair to say there was a rule for a while there that you couldn't use a horse in the highway? Look, it was suggested by our listeners. And hear me out here, guys. I'm going to break the rule this week. I know it's... It's contentious with our audience. But this is what I've come up with. Race one, number one, chase my crown. And here's why. If you interrogate the horse's form since April, it's run in eight highways. It hasn't missed the top four once. It's (laughs) eight out of eight in highways since April 15. That's good enough for me, punters, at the at the $6, just to add a bit of fat to this multi for us. And speaking of eights, it's had eight starts at Rose Hill for one minor placing. That's okay. Ooh. It's only got to run top four, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> but I just see it landing in the right spot here on the map. Uh, atmospheric Rock um, will be behind her. The claim suits ran in a midweek race last start, Darren, and was very acceptable there, yeah. I thought. So there yeah, you go, I'd guys. Wouldn't, wouldn't uh, quiz that from the draw. And Hawkesbury prices are up, which has really annoyed me because... Uh, oh, no, really? Yeah, Gustosomo's already gone off in race three, guys. I tried oh, to pounce it. I got the dynamic alert, but I'm too yeah. slow there into evens. It'll be winning, boys, tomorrow. Yes. It'll be winning, Darren. What about its trials? Yes, absolutely flying. Uh, what did they go? 260 into $2 now. Um just looking at this for the first time, I don't recognise any of the other names there. So, yes, go Gustisimo. Gustisimo, whatever. Oh, he's caught me yeah, in that... the trials. I slaughtered his name. <laughs> That'll be your worry tomorrow. Oh, yes, it will be. Um, even money. Brad, uh, you had a look at the Hawkesbury form tomorrow? That's one I haven't had a look at, but I'm waiting for prices on a couple of others there that I'll uh, keep close to the chest at this stage, if that's okay. <laughs> Fair enough, buddy. You can multitask, I've learnt. <laughs> don't yeah. worry. Um, okay, so that's our multi this week. Recapping, it is uh, for myself, race one, number one, Chase My Crown. For Ben Way, race five, number one, King's Gambit. For Darren Flindell, race six, number 13, Macarena. And for Brad Davidson, race 10, number two, Kobe. $5.50, guys. Max bet of $25. It'll be open very shortly, Benny, if it's not already. Exactly right. Yeah, four minutes ago they were meant to open, so fingers crossed the boys have their... Fingers on the pulse, and that one is open for anyone to get involved. So, yeah, $5.50 max bet, $25. They're shaking in their boots. Oh, yes. uh, there is a couple at Hawkesbury, by the way. Warrior Warrior was a black booker added by Chantel Buckley in the fifth, and Midnight Opal for Nathan Doyle in the seventh was another one there. 7 p.m., Sky Thoroughbred Central on Thursdays, guys. I'm sure you'd never miss it. Never, buddy. Love the show. Black Booker's uh, some great work there. Um, any black bookers in today of note, by the way? Oh heaps! What's the um, what's the best? We, we had them for fun. I reckon <laughs> I reckon Bandy's boy each way at Rose Hill. Not the best bet, but I reckon it's one um, for the black book followers. That's one from the trials that we were 
interested in. Uh, Celestial Legend's been a bit of a mainstay and looks a live chance. Stewcast is in the black book. But, you know, we venture far and wide. There's one there's one at Albury, Slays Bells in there uh, for the Lawback team. So maybe okay. that's one. Now, are you prepared, Ben? Are we early crowing? You bet we are, ah. buddy. Love it. On Racing HQ. Hey, it's a little too early for being that loud. Hey, too late. Don't worry, because it's never too early. The Early Crow. <laughs> Welcome to The Early Crow for another week. Flindell, are you on task this week? Uh, yes, yes. Sorry, I was just working out. I thought the maximum bet was 50, but it's 25 on our multi today. Yes, correct. Yes, correct. Oh. They've, well, we well, got, we've them. got them running scared then. <laughs> well, we won last week, so they, wow. they just bring it back a length. Um, ah. Early crows for another week. Let's recap last week firstly. Andrew Hurley said Tis Invincible was the lay of the day. Yeah, I was pretty much the same, so I took a slightly different tack that uh, Kamochi in a head-to-head would finish in front of Tis Invincible. You get a tick as well, Darren. Yeah. Two out of two so far. Brad Davidson, what did you do last week, Dave? I mean, you've stopped a, an Everest horse here. This is just poor form from you, Brad. Poor form. Give me a double what did cross, you do? I think. What did you do to Marzu? Uh, well, I said he'd get his Everest campaign back on track, and he was a late scratch. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad cross to Davidson. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Uh, he's back on track, though. He's had a trial since, hasn't he, Davo? And everything's sweet. He was just he got cast, did he? Yeah, but um, leave me out of him in an Everest. Uh, you miss that run. You no, not for me. Thank well, you. Redzel did it. Redzel did it and yeah. won. Don't forget. No. You need. He needed that. He needed that run in between to get him closer mm. to the mark. And I think you just can't replicate it in the trial. So I think he's. I think he's. Um, I think he's a winning hope now. Absolutely. Uh, mine last week, I said Kaboo would have a boo-boo. And he did, didn't he? Um, mm. He was down the track Pulled there. up lame, to be fair to him. Well, yeah, look, That's a boo-boo. We never liked that happening. Um, and I hope the horse recovers and performs up to his best. But I guess I was right then, Dover. You were well, 100% you're, right. You had a yeah. bad boo-boo. You get it, you get it. You he had an it. owie. I uh, hope he's all right, because I like the horse. Um, righto. Benway, this is going to be a career highlight for you, buddy. So I've got to let you go first. What is your early crow for this week? To be honest, I overstated it earlier this morning. I said this is an all-timer, but it's not even that good. So last week, week the Quaddy paid $220.20. The week prior, $1,145. The week prior, a tick over $2,000, which is a pass mark. And the week prior to that, $281.10. So it has been skinny. On the Saturday Metro Sydney meetings, the quaddies for the past four weeks. My early crow is that we're going to have some form of upset today and we'll have a quaddie that pays in excess of $5,000. What a, what a great crow. Um, geez, you've, you've spent hours thinking about this. Well, I play quaddies every week, and to be honest, I'm pretty sick of, say, spending 200 winning the quaddie and getting $50 back. Great so work. Today's the day. Great work, buddy. So Ben Way's early crow, the quaddy to pay over five large. Darren Flindell, what are you doing? So we've got a field of 14 first leg, 18 in the second leg, <laughs> 12 in the ninth. <laughs> oh, yes, I think uh, I think uh, Ben will be right there. Um, hey, hang, I on, don't know. hang on, hang on. in there at NCAP's the last leg of the early quaddy, and then we've got, what have we got in race seven? We've got an open race there. We've got a $3 favourite in the eight. We've got a $3.20 favourite in the last. I'm pretty much cheering against Kyobi, aren't I? 
And yeah. Magic Time. Yes. Yep. And Magic Time. Yeah. They'll both win now. <laughs> yeah, they will. <laughs> oh, just to spite you. At least you're not taking <laughs> duets, Ben. No. Well, on the duets, just quickly, sorry, on the duets, I, I, I haven't done them for a decade, right? But we have the World Pool on Everest mm. Day. Duets mm. are part of that. And when we bring in all of the overseas money, I reckon those pools are going to be worth playing. So you, you just but I reckon we're going to have a duet day on the 14th. You might be back, Darren. <laughs> Those duet pools next week with that world pool will be huge because mm. uh, Hong Kong is going to be sort of the, the major contributor to this world pool. They go nuts over the – they call it Quinella Place there. Okay. Quinellas and Quinella Places are the equivalent of the wind pools uh, in Hong Kong. So we can have a little – if we can find some roughies next Saturday, we can play that. Um, early crow for me, I think King's Gambit will let the punters down again today. Okay, Darren. Taking on King's Gambit. Darren. <laughs> Sorry, Ben, but I've, <laughs> he can run I've, just got, I've just got too much history with this horse. He just – it's just too much, too much drama. <laughs> Darren's not a fan of the drama whatsoever. And, mate, we've got to let you go. You've got to get out there. So Yes, uh, I'll get cracking now. See you, buddy. There goes Darren Flindell, King's Gambit. Gee, Ben, that's a bit rough since he's a leg of the multi this week, and Darren's Darren's crowing that he's going to let the punters down. I hope he doesn't let us down. My first week, and he yeah. offers that up. I thought that was pretty brutal, to be honest. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, for the multi, King's Gambit doesn't have to win, so... Yeah, look, I've got HR's number if you need it, mate. Uh, that's a bit of bullying there from Flindell, I think. Brad Davidson, what's your early crow? Uh, yeah, struggled this week. I, um... I was going to pot uh, the little pumper in, in race six when it was $4.60, but now it's had to $8.50, so that's not very brave, is it? Um, I don't know how they went up $4.60. See, I think I'm speaking private legacy. Like, it's just not even in the ball game here. Um, but uh, so I'll have to pass there. Look, I'm, I'm going to pot Montefilia in the Hill Stakes. I just think it's, it's an open race. I think there's plenty of chances, and I'll, I'll pot her as, as favourite. I just think um, I think the winner of the Hill Stakes will, will come a bit wider. So we'll we'll, we'll pot her in the uh, in the Hill Stakes. And uh, good to see Ben got the memo first up there with the with the early crow. <laughs> I hope, hope our old mate Hills is having a good hard long think of himself overseas and come back and and do something similar because uh, yes uh, he hasn't uh, been on track. But uh, Benny, you nailed it first up. Well done. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah, he actually sent through a couple. He said Sydney Kings to win the NBL. <laughs> Uh, the Adelaide Crows to win the Premiership next year. So, yeah, but I, I ignored them and went with something this week. Love that, mate. Uh, nice areas with that sledging, but it's not hard, Davo. I mean, Hurls, he just, it took him a, about a month, but he eventually got on task. It's just taking him a while, but he, he's there now, I think. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how he goes. But I know he, he loves his show, so he'll probably be tuning in somewhere. I'm sure he'll he'll find some uh, internet service overseas, so he's probably listening right now. I hope so, mate. He loves this show, and we love our man, Hurls. So I look forward to having him back next week. Um, my early crow, a magical the Nivison in race nine at Rose Hill. Magic time, the Melbourne horse. It's not easy for Melbourne horses to come to Sydney and win, uh, but she's done it before. And I think she'll put them to the sword today in the Nivison Magic Time to win. Ben Way says 5000 for the quaddy and he'll get it. Darren Flindell, King's Gambit to let the punters down. Davos against Montefilia. I like Magical Time. And gentlemen, we're just about out of time. So, Davo, as you leave us, give us your best bet anywhere yeah. and for Rose Hill. 
Best bets at NCAP at Rose Hill. Uh, Kiobi the next best. Um, look, I, I thought it was a day to sort of play the, the straight bat and hope that they get the job done. And, uh, yeah, NCAP the one for me. I see the, the tab just tantalising back out to, to $1.90. I think that's a more than fair price. Um, I think he's just too good for them. And when a maiden winner's the second favourite is $6, um, that's a, it's a big gap there. So $1.90, happy with NCAP. Have a good day, Brad. Thanks, guys. There's Brad Davidson. Um, ben Way, what a taboo. Gee, just... Group one performance, mate. I appreciate you only reading out the positive text, too. You forget that I sit in that <laughs> video every now and again. I, I know that they're balanced. Uh, so just on end caps, that's the last race of the fixed odds offer for Tab at Rose Hill today. In fact, it's Rose Hill, Flemington and Eagle Farm races one to six. You run second or third, bonus bet back up to $50. It's hard to see, based on what Davo's just said, end cap not running top three. So... I love those races where you've got a shorter, you feel like you can just put 50 beak fixed odds, yep. and if it loses, you still get a free bet and another crack at it. Um, just while I have you, the Hill Stakes and the Turnbull Stakes, I mentioned it earlier, but there's a fixed odds offer. Run second to tenth, bonus bet back up to $50. And if you're having a bet, think to yourself, what's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential advice, call 1-800-858-858 or gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks very much for having me, and I can't wait to get out there to Rose Hill today. Have a great day, Ben. Thank you. You too. There's Ben Way. Appreciate his help this morning. A few texts as we depart. Um, hey, boys, uh, I'd like to try a duet uh, next week. Uh, that one, just the last bit of that text got chopped off. Uh, apologies. Uh, can't see it here on the system. Uh, listener wanting the, the Hawkesbury mail for tomorrow. I've just got Gustos Sissimo for you in race three, number four. <clears throat> I think it'll be winning. Um, oh, no, Marlow has gone an early crow for the multi and mixed up the segments. Hope Ben knows the rules, unlike Hurls, as he continues to mix it up. Mix it up. That from Ryan. I did I did sort of go the early crow. I was just, I was just stating fact that Chase, my crown, has been eight out of eight running top four in highways. I was just stating fact. Um, and a couple of others there. Uh, team behind the gates, can one of you please have Pioneer, in, Pioneer River in race four? That from Dan. Sorry we didn't uh, get it in for you, Dan, but good luck if you're backing uh, that runner today. That's been Behind the Gates for another week. Thanks for your texts and contributing to the show. We'll be back next week.